You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara, and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of his word so that you can live for him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. Okay, friend, I kid you not, I am feeling a little starstruck right now as I record this because I had the amazing honor of interviewing one of my favorite authors and just people in general, Lisa Whittle. If you haven't heard of Lisa, she is a seven-time best-selling author. One of my favorite, favorite books from hers is called Jesus Over Everything, and today we're talking about what that means, how to prioritize Jesus in any season of your life combating the distractions that we all have in our lives, how to break down idols that may be vying for our affection in Christ. We're also going to be talking about her amazing new book called The Hard Good. That is coming out September 7th. You can pre-order the book right now in the show notes, in the episode description, but make sure to listen to the show. We're going to talk about some of her past books, some of this encouragement, but also talk about The Hard Good and what you have to look forward to. I think everything is in that name, and so I hope it gets you excited. But again, so excited for this conversation with Lisa. You're going to fall in love with her. She is a big sister figure for sure. It would be the biggest honor and make my day if you would make sure to take a few minutes and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure that you can also be cued in when new episodes drop. Also, don't forget to take some time and leave a star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If God has used this podcast in any way in your heart and encouraged you in any way, I would love to hear that in just a few words or a few sentences in Apple Podcasts. All right, I'm done. I'm just too excited about Lisa. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show, friends. I have been looking forward to this episode for a long time. I have one of my favorite people to follow online and to read their books, um, my sweet friend, Lisa Weddle. So Lisa, I am honored that you take time to be here today on the show. Would you mind, before we start today's conversation, would you mind just introducing yourself to people who don't know you and just share a little bit about what you do and your ministry and, and all the things? I'm super honored to be here. You are a delight. You're a delight to follow. Um, You're super sunny. I think that's how I would describe you. Um, (laughs) You are. You are. You're very. um, You're very precious. Uh, Gosh, introducing myself. I'm terrible at this part, Tara. (laughs) It's a hard question. I'm sorry. It's a very hard question when you're like live four thousand years. You know, it's like uh, (laughs) what do what what do I tell you about myself? So many things. Yeah, right. It's it's so true. So many things, and then what do people actually care about? Right. So. Right. (laughs) um, Oh goodness. Well, I wear a lot of hats, like a lot of people. I mean, I write books and I speak and I'm a Bible teacher and um, I've been loving Jesus for so many years and really was born into ministry life because my dad was a pastor and um, I've been married for, gosh, 20, it'll be almost 
it's almost 26 years. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And three kids and a dog that I love. And um, I love interior design and I love the Bible and I love good food and I love cute shoes. I mean, you know, I am a typical female. That's what, I, whatever yes. a typical female <laughs> is, I think shoes and food and um, Bible, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. No, I literally love all of those things. I think from what I've seen, that sums you up so perfectly and I learn more. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> it is hard to like narrow down what you do. Um, I don't know. My husband, Michael, always gives me a hard time. Like when someone asks me, mainly people who don't know me, like, what do you do? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, um, I, Michael's like, you need to tell them what you do. I'm like, sometimes I don't really understand what I do. <laughs> I don't really, sometimes I don't understand what I do. And then sometimes I forget things. Like I, I, even as you were talking, I thought, well, I also run a online ministry for people who want to write and speak called Call oh, Creatives. Yeah. That like takes tons of my day. I have 12 interns. Like sure. you, know, you just forget <laughs> all the things that you do and forget fixing dinner. I do that too. Right. And you know, so, I mean, that's why that question for me is hard because I'm like, you know, I don't even know. I think we as females do a lot of different things and sometimes mm -hmm. we yeah. underrate some of the things that yeah. we even do. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what he gets on me for. I'm like, I'm trying to be better at it, but like, I'm like, I'm trying to be humble, but like, I know I can also share what God's doing. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Kind of that line there, but perfect. I literally, I love learning little, little more things about you. Um, I also really enjoy asking my friends here on the show. It's like super random and maybe I'm putting you on the spot, but just like something that you're loving lately, like a favorite product. I love watching like YouTube videos or hearing people like share their favorite things. So if you would share something that you're loving, I would love to hear it because I think I would love it. I think we all would love it. <laughs> this is the other funny thing about questions like this. I, it, as soon as someone asked me this question, my mind goes completely blank. And it's kind of one <laughs> of those things where you're like, I know I'm loving something. And right. also I should be prepared because I'm doing a lot of these interviews for the book and I need to have something that I'm loving right now <laughs> because I'm always asked this question. And then I'm always my, literally, I can't think of one single thing. And then my, so my mind goes blank and then I can't remember. Okay. But one thing that I'm loving and, um, this is, you know, this is actually not something that's like an everyday product. I love to have a hack and I don't have a yeah. hack for anybody. Um, it is actually a, a necklace that I ordered that I have been looking at for a long time on Etsy, but it's, it, it, it is a, a, a little bit of a, so it's a, um, it's a dupe. It's not like mm -hmm. super inexpensive. It's not an expensive one, but it's, have you ever seen the necklaces that have like tiny initials of people that you love or whatever and they're like yeah. spaced out yes um, mm -hmm. I think like the bachelorette wore one and okay, um, yeah. if you yeah. order the original it's upwards of a thousand dollars it's very expensive oh gosh and it's gorgeous I love it yeah but I was like I can't really pay that so mm -hmm. I ordered one off of Etsy and it was a little over a hundred dollars and it's beautiful but it has all the initials of the people that I love in mm -hmm. my house so um, sweet including my new daughter-in-law. So oh, I have, wow. yeah. So I have five letters on this yes. necklace that's, and it has, and the one I ordered off Etsy comes in different lengths. So oh, you can make great. it different lengths. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so it's what I'm loving right now. I look at it every day oh, in the mirror and I'm like, gosh. I love my necklace that I just ordered. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. And it's probably a really good quality piece too. It I is. found that like with Etsy, you know, it's these small businesses for the most part, and they're really like 
careful about their quality and, you know, the materials and everything. So it's going to last you a long time. And I'm assuming that maybe you can – can you add, like, more down the line too if you wanted? You probably can. We've actually talked about that. I'm like, okay, now when the rest of you if, – if, if you guys do meet someone mm-hmm. and yeah. fall in love, not assuming that, but if you do, yeah. then I'm going to have to yeah. add another initial here or whatever. I don't know if you can add, but but otherwise I'm going to have to order a whole new necklace. Yeah, but- maybe an, or in the future maybe like a grandbaby's one, That's right. right. But it's really <laughs> – it's really, really pretty. And it is, it's like 14 karat gold. It's very beautiful. It's wow. very well made. I was super impressed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I haven't seen it on your Instagram, but maybe you should share it. I would love to see it. Yes. <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah. It is so sweet. And that's like, you know, it could be a great gift. It could be something you yep. like for yourself. Oh yep. my gosh. Like that's something that would be so fun to give to like, I'm thinking of my mother-in-law or my mom. Exactly. You know, when they have grandbabies or something, I just think that would be so sweet. Yeah. I it's it, that. Yeah. It's not like $20, but it's right. also not the thousand dollar version. You know what I mean? Right. So I loved yeah. that it was, you know, yeah, cost me cost me some money. It cost me a little right. bit of change, yeah. but at the same yeah. time, it was you know it's it's a piece that I literally wear every day. So yeah, you know. And as I've gotten older too, I'm, I'm okay. I'm saying that, but like everyone's like, you're not that old. But like I feel like every year, every year I age, I'm realizing that I love more of the quality things over yes. the quantity. And I'm yes. like, you know, if if you're able to invest in those things that are going to last you a while and that mean a lot to you, yeah. So. Yep. I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at. So I definitely agree. And that was an amazing favorite. Your, your mind didn't go blank. It was awesome. <laughs> I came up with something. You yay. did. Proud of you. Not a <laughs> that's failure. A, that's a Friday win. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, I am super excited, not only because we're talking about um, some of your favorite things today and then some of my favorite things. Um about this topic about, you know, some of the things that you've written and that are just really your heartbeat and your anthem of your life. But um, before we start, I would just love to hear, you have written one of my favorite books called Jesus Over Everything. And that came out, remind me, how long ago? I'm trying to Came remember, out March, March 24th, 2020. I remember that because yeah, okay, it was okay. literally like the day the world went into lockdown. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was going to say it because I remember it was in the middle of the pandemic, but I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. I mean, couldn't have had better timing. I mean- Well, it felt like the worst timing in the world at the moment, which is really an irony of life because I think a lot of times things feel like the worst and then you really, (laughs) you realize, oh, maybe this is actually um, in some way um, a blessing. Yeah, it felt like the worst. But the interesting thing for me was when that book came out, you know, you always have to promote a book and Mm -hmm, um, that's for me always the hardest part because Um, it's not that I don't believe in the message that I write about. I always do, or else I wouldn't write the book. It's just that for me as a creative, the creative process of writing is much more organic. Mm -hmm. And, um, then to go out and say, buy it, you need to buy it. I want you to buy it. Um, The sales end of it is harder for me because that's not in my natural personality to want to push people to do things they don't want to do. Like maybe they don't want to buy the book, you know, that's (laughs) what I naturally feel. Right. But I've come to a place of peace with it because I I understand that it would make no actual sense to write something that I feel like not only do I believe in, but that God put in my heart Mm -hmm. um, to share with the people um, and then not tell people about it It would make no sense. So I've, I've reconciled that piece of it. But nonetheless, what I loved about this particular project in this book is that when we released it in the pandemic, it was the most natural thing for me to talk about because mm, yeah. Jesus over everything is 
not a bumper sticker. It's not a slogan. It's not something that I was just trying to sell as a strategy. It was, it's like the, the cry of my heart, also the goal of my life, but something Mm -hmm. that I don't feel like I'm, um, saying I, that this is who I am. It's, it's what I want to be. It's Mm, what I want to have. And so, um, it's easy to talk about it because Jesus has to be over everything or the pandemic is going to overtake me, the the, the feelings of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was honestly the easiest thing in the world for me to talk about during a time that we were all feeling very much in crisis. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's one of those things that like you said, it's it's a truth. Jesus being over everything is a timeless truth. It's a gospel truth. It's a biblical truth. But I just think God really used the timing of when it came out to be like, okay, like everyone feels like they're drowning and there's so much chaos. And let me introduce something that is a timeless truth, but maybe you really need to be reminded of right now, you know? Um, my brother was on the podcast the, the other week and he actually had this similar idea which I thought was really cool, um, talking about how Jesus isn't just influential, but preeminent and how he isn't, you know, just number one. He's literally like you're saying over everything. And so I think it's a really cool reminder. Um, I had a friend tell me too that, you know, um, oh, you know, people need the gospel now more than ever, you know, during the pandemic. And she's like, people need the gospel all the time. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, we've, need the, we've needed the gospel since the beginning of time, since literally forever. Um, and so this is one of those truths that we need all the time. Um, but it is cool how God gives opportunity, you know, like in the pandemic last year to really bring it front and center. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, I would love just to hear, I know that the book writing process takes a while from your proposal, from actually writing it and putting it together it could be, you know, years or a year. Um, but I would love to hear, you know, just how God led you, prompted you to write Jesus over everything. Because I know for authors, there's always a story behind such a big idea that, like you said, is the cry of your heart. Mm. Yeah. You know, Jesus over everything is actually a part of, uh, I guess the way I would call it would be a three-part discipleship process that the Lord put on my heart to write to the church. So Jesus over everything is a part of that. It was actually sort of the first piece. Mm -hmm. And so um, in 2018, sometimes I get my years mixed up. I'm like, was it 2017 or 2018? All I know is that my father went to heaven in 2017 Mm. in April and it began a real process that the Lord just really started working on me in a new way. Now I had been writing for a while. This was not, you know, I've been writing and speaking since essentially like 2006 in many ways. And so, um, you know, this was not new for me in that way, but, uh, what was happening was that after my father died, there was just kind of a new mandate on my life. I felt, I felt like the Lord uh, began to put some pieces together that perhaps I didn't really um, understand before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And certainly I, I still don't understand all the, all the pieces of my life. I mean, that's, we'll never understand certain things, but uh, I knew very clearly 
that I was supposed to to write about three specific things. And uh, one was Jesus over everything. The second was the hard good, which is uh, a project that I have coming out in September. Mm-hmm. And the third was the third piece of that discipleship process that will be forthcoming. So, so um, exciting. Yeah. So exciting. And, and I don't think in all of my life, in all of my writing life, for sure, I've never had the Lord be that clear with me about what he wanted me to write and Mm. what he wanted me to do. And so Jesus over everything um, really was one of those things that I knew that the Lord really showed me, Lisa, this, this is the foundation. Like this Mm. has to be first. If, 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 if the priority order is wrong, then nothing else matters. And so we have to get this settled first. We have to talk about this first because um, if idols are in the way, if um, things are out of order, then we can, you know, we could solve other things, but Mm -hmm. it won't matter because, because everything's out of whack. And, and I just kept hearing conversations from people over and over again that would say, my life is really complicated. That's mm. I heard this over and over again, and, and maybe they didn't even use those exact words, but that's exactly what they were saying, like uh-huh. how yeah. complicated their life was. And then the other thing I would hear people say a lot was, I really want to have a better spiritual life, or I really want to love Jesus more, or I really want him to be first in my life, right. but I don't know how to do that. And what I what I really felt like was my responsibility in this writing process of this book was to help people understand how those two things went together. That the reason their life was complicated was because their priority order was actually out of whack. Mm, And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand that those two things actually go together because when our life gets complicated, what we do instead of, making the connection that it's the priority order with Jesus not being preeminent, which is a gospel idea. That's a, that's a biblical idea, not Lisa Whittle's idea. (laughs) What we do instead is we say, my life is complicated. Let me clear my calendar Mm, or let me try to do this certain thing in my life that I've never been able to accomplish before. Or, you know, we, we, we come up with our own human ideas, which is we're human. Why not? Yeah. Um, it's just that those things are actually not the things that will help our life become less complicated. Right. So that's why I knew I had to talk about this. Our family has had to make a lot of sacrifices lately and truthfully, it's been at times a hard season, but honestly, God has grown me in contentment and he's really taught me to be okay, but also joyful going without some of these things. But something that I want to prioritize and I don't want to skimp on is what we eat. So Thrive Market to the rescue. Visit thrivemarket.com slash truth talks for 30% off your first order. Plus you get a free $60 gift. You know I have a growing toddler who is constantly eating, running around, burning calories, and developing like crazy. And Hunter has honestly been a huge motivator to me in all areas of life just to step up. So when he started to eat more, I realized just how formative of a stage he's at. And I wanted to find a place that not only helped me save money on groceries, but nourished Hunter, myself, and Michael. 
In my last Thrive Market order, I saved $70. Yes, $70. How insane is that? We stocked up on tons of protein-rich granola bars, meat sticks, and pantry essentials on our last order. I always have bars and snacks in my purse from Thrive, in Hunter's bag, and my bag. We never leave the house without them. Here's another really cool thing about Thrive Market that I think you're going to love. When you join Thrive Market, you also help a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join Join, they give. How amazing. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truth talks for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, friend, you know that we're all about breaking stigmas and lies from the enemy with the truth of God's word on this podcast. There is power in the name of Jesus to break strongholds and set us free. That's why I need you to lean in for a moment and I have something to tell you. Are you ready? It's not weak to seek help. There can be a huge stigma around mental health, counseling, and therapy as Christians. And most of us, and this used to be me, friend, believe that counseling and seeking help can be shameful or just for the people that are going through something tragic or life-altering. But you and I weren't created to be an island. We were created for community, which doesn't mean we're just around people, but being poured into by people. We need each other to give practical steps to move forward in faith and to cope with what's going on in our lives, both the big and the small. So if you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is a great option because it takes away all the excuses because it's entirely online and it fits around your existing schedule. It's as easy as this. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time to find your right match. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Yeah, it's so good. And like you said, it's more than a bumper sticker. I mean, you see it, you see, you know, variations of this idea on, you know, on Pinterest or in a cute little, on a cute little mug or something. But I love how you, like God just really put this idea on your heart because I think we live in a world, I've seen it. I mean, I've experienced it myself. Like I'm talking to myself here. We live in a world of so many idols. Like we read the Old Testament and we're like, oh, like they had the golden calf. They had Baal. They had all these other things. Like we don't have that. I'm like, no, I'm like, we have all of that. And it's like, and like you said, instead of cutting them out or like shifting our priorities, we are actually just clearing things out and not getting to the root of the issue, which I think is so, so key. So I would love to hear too, like, how did God really like, what's like the biblical model for like this idea of reprioritizing our lives and really shifting from, you know, having so many idols, having so many things in our lives to prioritizing the Lord. I mean, what has he really shown you like from his word? I'm sure there were like key passages and things that just really stuck with your heart. I love hearing, um, cause we have all these ideas, but it's like, how did God really like back it up in scripture for you? Well, you know, I think the Colossians passage about um, he is before all things and Mm, in him all things hold together. I mean, I really dove into that um, to look at the preeminence of Christ, what that actually means, how, why that's important. Talk about all of that in the book. Uh, Another 
important passage was actually in the Old Testament in Joshua 24, I believe. I don't have this in front of me, but Mm -hmm. it was really about, um, and it was interesting because it was, it was from the, the verse or it surrounded the verse about choose you this day who you will serve. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that is, you know, that's a, that's a verse that's often, put on plaques or, right, you know, right. it, it used to be back in the day, it was like, put in your, you know, wedding uh, program or whatever. Right. And, um, as for, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, right? We will serve the Lord. That was, that's kind of the, the rest of that part of that passage. But the interesting thing is it's not actually as Pinteresty as it sounds when you know the full context of that and mm-hmm. I won't go into the full thing because it's in the book you can read about it in there right. yeah but it's really like this charge to clean out the idols in your life mm-hmm. and it's a moment where it's like when when the people there are saying no we're really serious about serving God we're really serious about putting God first and 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 so Josh was like okay if you're really serious about it then here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Clean out the idols and put God first. I mean, that's kind of the Cliff's Notes version. That's the Lisa yeah. Whittle mm-hmm. commentary there. But that's really what that passage is saying. And so, um, you know, it's a matter of looking at our own life and saying, well, how does it work for you or how has it worked for you when you have prioritized yourself and your own ideas Mm, how has that worked for you because here's the thing Tara I'm all about you know looking at my own life for the symptoms of what needs to change yeah and I'm saying like you know if if everything worked for us with our human ideas we wouldn't need God (laughs) you know if everything (laughs) was if everything was was great in the way that humanity and society and culture had set it up, then we would not be the desperate, hungry, um, needy society that we are. And so, you know, it's like you can have your idols if you want them. We can have the priority (laughs) order if we want them. But man, why? Like Mm -hmm. we, we've just got to look at the own symptoms of our life and say, there is only one solution and that is the Lord. And so, So um, you know, I, I, I'm just all for sort of just looking around and practically saying, um, what's going to work. And uh, the only thing in my life that's ever worked is the Lord. Yep. I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, right. I mean, we can say that these different practices, you know, this supplement, this this course, this thing, even this book, right? Any book. Um, but, you know, if we really, like you said, if we really examine it, um, the only thing that works is the Lord. And that's rightly placed. Um, I was thinking too how just when we think about this idea of Jesus over everything, I have loved I loved, loved reading the book. But before I read it, I had this idea that I just knew everything about putting Jesus over everything. I knew, I knew what it meant. I'm like, just love him more than every, everyone else. But then when it came to living in the day-to-day and the nitty-gritty and, you know, things would pop up in my life, like other idols and distractions, I'm like, I, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. actually putting Jesus over everything. And so 
I would just love to talk about what it looks like to prioritize Christ. Again, all this is in the book. I want everyone listening to go get the book, but just the short little encouragement here. Um, there's so many things that I love in this life and that you love. Like you said, shoes, you know, cooking, your family, all the other things, you know, fun necklaces, just like our favorite things. There's all these cool things in life. But how do we live in kind of that in-between of having these quote unquote distractions or things, but then also prioritizing Christ first? Do we need to um, you know, like move out to the boonies, cut off our Wi-Fi, stop listening to this podcast, you know, um, only read my Bible 24 hours a day. And that's how I prioritize Jesus over everything. Or, you know, what is, what has God really taught you in that practical way? I know you have a lot in the book too. We go to these weird extremes, don't we? And we yeah. automatically think, um, oh, this is what this means. I think we can get really falsely humble and we go, oh, let me just, let me just live like this martyr and let me sacrifice in this way. God, do you, you know, except it it reminds me of a passage in, (laughs) I think it's Haggai actually, um, where it talks about, um, they were saying, do you, can I sacrifice and give you uh, rivers of olive oil? And, and my, you know, it's like, and mm-hmm. that's when, and when the Lord's like, no, I want your heart. Yeah. That's what I actually want. Mm. Um, so it's weird. Cause we are always like, can I, you know, put a pillow behind your head, Lord, I'm being facetious <laughs> here, but it's no, like, it. you know, yeah. it's the whole point. Um, Look, here's the thing. What I really wanted to set out to do in this book was give perspective and awareness and new language, perhaps, because nothing new under the sun that I'm talking about here. It's it's the, the Bible's idea that Jesus would be first and that's how our life would work. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's the awareness factor. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because, um, you know, the... The thing that I talk about in chapter one, and it's so important to talk about first, is what I call the the land of the deadly overs, is when you are looking to uncomplicate your life, you often take matters and we take matters into our own hands, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. over-apologize. We, we, we Basically, we just try to compensate. We sure. over-apologize. Yeah. We over-explain. We over-analyze. We do all of these different action steps. Usually they're like emotional action steps mm-hmm. um, to put Jesus first. Um, what I well, not to put Jesus first, actually, they're actually to take back control of our life to uncomplicate it in some way. What I'm suggesting instead of those things, which actually end up complicating your life more because of our weird grasping that we do to try to make sense of things. Right. Um, what I'm suggesting instead in every chapter and and right now, what I'm saying is in those moments in the in, in the in the daily of our life, we make daily decisions already. Mm-hmm. So it's things like um, you know, mood based decisions to follow Jesus are the things that get us to make our life more complicated. I'm saying mm, m- move wow. to a commitment based decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's where our life begins to change. We make commitment-based decisions over mood-based decisions, things like that. Um, and, and those are the things that are important. And so I talk about those things kind of all throughout the book, being real over wanting to present a look that is uh, pretty all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, things yeah. like that. So 
um, it, we don't have to overcomplicate this. It, yeah. It's not where we don't know. Listen, you can change your zip code and you can go move out <laughs> in the boonies if you want. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're going to put Jesus over your life. That just might mean that you make this big, massive uh, life change right. that that is actually full of uh, a lot of complicated mm-hmm. uh, moves that doesn't change anything about your heart. Right, right. So, no, the heart, the heart thing, right there. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's that's so good. I think we often forget the heart, and why why is it that we do? I think maybe because it's not as maybe quote unquote quick of a fix as we as we think. You know, like I mean, there might be things in our lives, like you said. Maybe maybe it's easier for me to to get rid of this or to move than for me to actually sit down and be real with where my heart's at. You know, absolutely. Um, but that's literally at the center of the gospel. It's literally at the center of God's word about the heart. And what I've been learning too, I mean, I've known the Lord since I was little, grew up in an amazing family, but it's just over probably the last 10 years, um, probably just really making my faith my own and realizing that, you know, when our hearts are committed to some kind of change or to um, this uprooting of really anything, but in this case of taking out idols and prioritizing Jesus over everything, um, our actions are going to follow. When our heart is changed, that's like, you know, our motivations change, our desires. Like I always think of this way, like, when you desire something different and your heart is truly changed, your your feet and your arms and your legs are they're they're gonna follow. Um, you know, whether it be smoothly, <laughs> sometimes it's a rocky start, but it will follow. That's the way God works, which I think is really, really hopeful and comforting to know that, you know, God wants the heart and the commitment, which is where we like our heart is truly who we are. Like the Bible says it over and over. And that's just where we overflow. That's who we really are. And then God's like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you everything you need from that heart change to, to live it out, you know, to actually, you know, giddy up and take out those idols and prioritize them over everything. So I think that's a really good reminder because to be honest, I'm speaking to myself too. Sometimes I'm too lazy to look at the heart, you know, but yeah, absolutely. but but we need to, you know, well, because if we don't tend to that innermost place, then all of the things that we're doing, and we can do a lot of doing, Christians can do a lot of doing. Oh gosh, yeah. If we don't tend to the innermost place, then all of our doing doesn't matter. We are literally just um, building a facade Hmm. of a house. We're building a facade of a spiritual life. We're, we're, we're building a facade and none of it matters because, you know, um, the trappings of all of that are what's what have gotten a lot of spiritual leaders in 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 hot water Mm -hmm. what have not made actual families be fortified and be strong um and you know here's the thing satan's kind of counting on us just to build facades right and um what really really gets into the the serious of the spiritual life and the battle is when you start working on your heart, when you start getting into the core, mm, um, yeah. that's when Satan doesn't like it. That's when Satan, you know, starts to to really tremble because those are the people that have become really kingdom powerful because right. you are beginning to really do the work and dig in because that's where it starts. You start on the inside, you move out. Mm. And um, 
you know, that's why people, it, it's interesting to me when I, I was, I don't know when I wrote, I wrote, I want God, the book back in 2012. It's a book that really, not the, the book didn't change my life. It was what happened that then became yeah. on the pages of the book. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it just occurred to me, one of the things that occurred to me when I was writing that book was, you know, people say all the time, well, I, I just, what kind of cause can I get into the, for the kingdom? Like, I just want to get into some kind of cause and, mm, and just yeah. be powerful. And what I realized was this is such a backwards thing that we do. It's really, mm -hmm. really weird. What happens instead is you become so passionate, you become a Jesus freak and, and you won't even have to look for a cause, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you become a cause. It, it becomes mm, that's good. out of an overflow of your heart. And so, um, you know, this is the same thing with priority order. You, you, you put Jesus first and you watch how complications begin to smooth and change does not mean your life becomes, um, easy necessarily yep. yeah. does not mean that your life becomes perfect never but what happens is a lot of our life complications when we put our the priority or order where it goes fall away right yeah and you know honestly like you said it helps with decision making, right? Like Absolutely. it just makes decisions. I mean, there's going to be hard decisions. There's always going to be hard decisions, sure. even even with the Lord. And there's going to be moments where we're like, I got to pray about this for months. I got to wrestle with wrestle this out with Him. But honestly, you know, when we're faced with a decision, some of my friends are like, you know, they come to me and they're like, man, I got I got six different options. They're all amazing. What do I do? I'm like, okay, right. let's evaluate. Does it honor the Lord? Are you sinning? Like all these different things. I'm like, let me know the answers to those and then line them up against these options because it just, it really makes it simple. Um, but then I also think it helps like when there's a bad decision, right? When there's something bad, it's also like, okay, pretty obvious that if this is not going to get me close to the Lord, if it's not going to honor the Lord, then it's not the right thing. So I love that practical, practical aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's super important. We, we really do. Um, we have a complicated life and then we yeah. make it more complicated by um, trying to overthink our human methods to uncomplicate a heart spiritual problem. And, mm. it, and it just, Tara, never works. <laughs> no, and, and you're so right. And that's why I'm so thankful for this book because it's one of those things that is so deeply theologically rich. You know, it's this idea of Jesus being preeminent, Jesus over everything, but there's so much practical. It's like, we don't have to sit with this and not know what to do. And that's what I just really appreciate about the book and about you as, as a person, as, as, and like, for me, I feel like as a mentor, you know, it's just, it's just really cool. So, um, I have loved this conversation and, you know, I'm just, I'm over here nodding because I read the book, but I just also love being reminded of all of this stuff. But, um, as we close here, um, I would love love for you to share. You said earlier about this, this uh, multi-part discipleship kind of, I don't know what do you call it, like blueprint. And this, the next part is the hard good. And that's actually another book coming out. Um, would you tell us a little bit as we close about the hard good and kind of where you're at and where people can find it? Yeah, the hard good is, is, in many ways, sort of a continuation of Jesus over everything. It's, it, you don't have to read them in order, but it, it's kind of like, um, next step process. There was mm -hmm. one sentence that I wrote in Jesus over everything and I carry it out in the hard good, but the sentence I wrote in Jesus over everything was something to this effect. I can't remember exactly, but it was like, what if 
What if you sat through the uncomfortable process with God and let him finally take you to the place that he wants to take you? And Mm. that is really kind of the hard good in the nutshell. It is about the road to spiritual transformation and the feelings that can become our God versus our gauge Mm, that thwart us in that process. And, um, you know, in 2021, the truth is that our feelings have become an idol. And, um, and so one of the things that, I mean, really that's what, what I talk about throughout the book is how those God given feelings that are very important because they, they, they let us know what needs to be attended to in our soul, um, how they can be put back in their proper place as a gauge versus a God. And it changes everything because it changes the way that you interact with people. It changes the way that you become less triggered. It changes the way you have confidence in your life. It changes your perspective. Mm. You are able to rise above situations rather than stay down in the mud. Um, and it it would, it really would change the climate of social media. It would change a lot of things. And Mm. so, um, I talk about that and the exciting thing for me is the hard good really came from, um, a a time that I was having in in the, in the word with the Lord. And I was studying first Samuel and I was studying King Saul. And, um, it was very interesting to me because, uh, King Saul had the opportunity to uh, become wildly usable for the kingdom of God. And in mm, fact, mm-hmm. King Saul um, did do some things. It wasn't that he was a throwaway at all. I mean, he for one thing, he served over 40 years right. and was anointed and appointed by God. Um, but uh, by his own unwillingness to sit with God through the uncomfortable process of transformation, mm. he thwarted his own usability. And thus what we remember about him yeah, is um, yeah. a lot of negative things. And so I take us through that process in the Bible study because I have, um, you know, it's kind of two part when I, when I write a book and I write a Bible study, we, we, t- we kind of, we dive into the same concept, but we do it in two different ways. And mm-hmm. so that's, what's exciting for me about the hard good is I really talk about a lot of daily practical things in the book. Yeah. And then in the Bible study, we dive into King Saul and King David and um, different responses to that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, that's, that's amazing. I love that it's it's kind of backed by their story, Solomon and David. I think there's so many things there, and I'm really excited to to see how that kind of unfolds in this idea of the hard good. And again, like I have just I don't know when I think about this book, I think it's for literally anyone um, because it's it's no matter the circumstances we're walking through, it's something that we need to just to really be reminded of. So I'm really excited about the book. Let us know. It's on pre-order right now, right? I mean, currently as we're recording. Tell us a little more about where they can find it, how to pre-order all the things. Wherever books are sold, Amazon has it on sale. Um, I think currently still, which is crazy. It's at a a really discounted price. You can actually go to lisawittle.com forward slash good and start reading it right now. You can read the intro in chapter one so you can get a real good taste of what it's all about. Um, if you pre-order, you just save your order number and you get, you can get all these bonus gifts that we're about to un- so unload fun. on you. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. 
I love it. And, you know, I'm going to, I'll talk you up. I mean, if <laughs> I know you said it's, it's hard, but I'm so excited for this book and I'll have everything linked below and just make sure to pre-order. I think it's such a fun thing. I love pre-ordering books. I think it's really fun. Honestly. Um, I think more people should realize how amazing it is. So we're going to, we're all going to go and pre-order the hard good. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for this conversation. I am just honored that you would even just come over here to this little corner of the internet. Um, man, you are beauty and grace personified. It is just so sweet to talk to you. Um, and so I'm so thankful for your humble heart um, to lead and to and to serve and um, just to share with us. So thank you for being here, friend. Thank you so much. It's been a joy.